Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. Hello, hello, hello. It's so good. So good to see your faces again here, <laughs> Megan and Jonathan. This is amazing. Happy Tuesday. Feels like equally that it's been a long time since I've talked to you guys, but also like I feel like I went to bed, woke up, and we keep talking about fish. It's an amazing, amazing <laughs> thing. <laughs> My name is Brian Brinkman. I'm a producer here at Osiris Media. This is Helping Friendly Podcast on Tour, in parentheses, live. This is our December showcase, as we have been doing for the last couple of weeks now. We are marching through the month of December, talking all things fish, talking about fish, New Year's Eve runs, fish in December, 
specific dates within New Year's Eve runs? And what does one day of the year mean versus another? And is there a better day of the year versus another? Probably not. There's just a lot of really good music that sounds and feels different in very amorphous ways that only fish fans understand. Today, we are putting a pause on that, though, and we have an awesome, awesome interview and conversation with Brian Harding, who has compiled the Film 1.0 Coffee Table Book, and that is film with a PH, as you will see here very clearly in the next couple of minutes. Uh, Brian uh, has put together an amazing book that compiles physical photographs that have been digitized from fish fans in the nineties. It's really, really amazing stuff. And uh, I've had the pleasure of looking through a number of these pictures. Uh, we've got some of the pictures to share with you all. And we're going to tell you a bit of the background about them. Incredible, incredible compilation that really showcases, you know, we live in a time period where everything that we do is digitized immediately and captured and put up on uh on the internet be it twitter facebook instagram but brian has compiled pictures from an era when that wasn't possible when you took a picture and it took maybe two weeks before you saw actually what that memory was and then it became something wholly new for you at that point so i'm really excited about that before we do that megan how are you doing today I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about this book. This is going to be really nostalgic for me and for Jonathan, fellow 1.0er. And I miss yeah. those days when you actually had an experience and it was yours and you got to hold it and think about it without having to feel the need to share it with the world right away. Yeah. Not a cell phone in sight. Everybody mm -hmm. was just vibing as the, uh, as the memes say. Um, yeah. We didn't need Jack White to take our phones from us as we walked into a venue. It just yeah, I left it on the no wall at the house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there were like two phones in the venue. Hey, it, was a, it was a payphone. You couldn't text on them. Nobody had any idea what that meant. Um, oh, good old days. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's yet again another opportunity for me to live vicariously through the two of you that had spent so much time seeing fish in the nineties. It's all just a distant memory of a past life that I may or may not have lived. Who knows? <laughs> I hope you did. I hope I did. I, I want to believe that I did. Um, before we do all that though, we do need to tell you all about our presenting sponsors. Our first presenting sponsor is shift genuine cannabis. Thank you, Shift. As always, thank you, Shift. We're back. We've been back for about two and a half weeks, three weeks. I don't know. I've lost track of time at this point in time. But HF Pod on tour, this is such a great, great thing. And Fish is almost back. They're going to be playing here at MSG in just a couple of weeks. And you know what goes great with HF Pod on tour as well as Fish's New Year's Eve run? Does anyone, anyone have a guess? Anyone out in the comment section? Cannabis. 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 Goes great with HF Pod on Tour and with Fish Tour. HF Pod on Tour has been and will continue to be proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, which is based and sold here in lovely Colorado. Back in July, we all went out to the Shift Ranch. It was amazing. We toured their grow. We got to learn a ton about what goes into the process of growing their cannabis, of of cultivating it, of getting it all ready for you to consume. We talked to an amazing scientist who was able to uh, clone different varieties and different strains of marijuana, which was just wild to see to give you the purest variety possible. And we got to really see the care and attention to detail that Shift puts into growing their, their flower. 
Shift sells flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. Please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Megan, are we sponsored by anyone else here today? Yes, we have an amazing sponsor in Section 119. They are an apparel and accessories company started by some fans, and they have lots of apparel for Fish, for Grateful Dead. They even have some David Bowie, some Pink Floyd. I even saw some Jerry Garcia Band merch on there today. That's that's new. That's new. That's new, right? Pretty cool, too. Yeah. Amazing stuff. They make really great stuff, and they wanted more than just a t-shirt to kind of show their appreciation for their favorite bands, and now it's just become this incredible company, and they're running their biggest promo ever right now. So you can score up to 30% off for the holidays, so you can visit section119.com to check them out. You can find super cool gifts for your wife, your husband, your brother, your dad, your dog, best friend, or treat yourself. So that's section119.com. And on your way out, please let them know that your friends at HF Pod sent you. So you can take the post-purchase survey on your order confirmation page. Thank you, Meg. And yeah, treat yourself. It's It's been a hard couple of years, guys. Go get yourself a sweatshirt that has a fish or Grateful Dead logo on it that feels like a hug. That is it. It feels like a hug. You deserve it. You just, yeah. I mean, most of you, I mean, not, not, not that guy, but all the rest <laughs> that guy of over there. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him after the show. He yeah. Made, yeah he he's got some stuff, it. but you know, everybody else <laughs> deserves it. All right. We are going to go ahead here and we're going to bring our guest on Brian Harden. How are you doing, man? Guys, I'm great. How you guys doing? Great. Doing Welcome to the show. Well today. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking some time and hanging with us here today. How's yeah. everything going in uh you're in Durham, North Carolina, correct? It's great. It's beautiful. It's sunny. And um it's Durham as usual. These are all good things. Durham as usual, sunny, beautiful. This is all good <laughs> stuff. Well, Brian, we wanted to thank you so, so much for taking some time and talking with us. Um, I'm really excited to share with our listeners out there um, some pictures from your uh, uh, your upcoming book here, Film 1.0, the, the uh, coffee table book. It's going to be amazing. Um, before we jump into that, we wanted to get a sense of who you are as a fish fan, how you came to this crazy band, what some of your favorite shows are, and kind of what led you to creating such an incredible artifact of fish fans in the nineties. So, um, tell us, how did you first hear a fish? What was kind of your first tape? What, how did this all get started for you? So, uh, man, I was in junior high, which is, I'm 39 now. So it's like their early, it's mid mid nineties. I think anyway, I think 94, 95. Um, it's a weird story. My best friend still to this day, uh, his cousin is John Fishman. So we somehow, we heard this band called fish. We had no idea who they were. Uh, we were just kind of like into Guns N' Roses at the time, so we couldn't care less about any other band. Um, and someone got to take Rift, and uh, we just kind of passed that along to each other. And like Rift, just like kind of like blew my mind. I think the first song that sold me was probably like my uh, my, my, my 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 friend, my friend. Um, and just the imagery and the art to it just was so fishy. I, I, of course, I didn't know it was fishy at the time, but it was just this feeling, which is now I understand is fishy. <laughs> um, so I just listened to that tape over and over again, and eventually we went to our first show, which is 10-26-96 in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a pretty good show. Um, really good show in the sense that Trey dedicated a song to Jason during that show, which is my best friend. Uh, so 
I thought every show was like, oh, Trey's going to like dedicate a random song to like a person who show with it. <laughs> um, so that was like a really like kind of spoiled treat to start to get into fish. Um, but I went to shows after that a lot. Um, I never did a lot of touring. I never uh, was really of the age or of the ability to like tour tour, but I've probably seen, I don't know, 25 or 30 shows, which is on the low totem for real fish heads, I understand. But um, I kept going and kept going, and the latest show I saw was Gorge, um, and uh, I love them. They're my favorite band still. Nice. You know, it's uh, it's cool when people stack up the big, big numbers, but it doesn't mean you are less of a fan to only see them, you know, once or twice sure a year. Yeah. Life is uh, life is what it is, and if you're yeah. making making space for it, then that shows you're committed, right? Hundred um, percent. Well, so where nine, you're located, every time fish comes through, it's like you're seeing three or four shows because every like Atlanta, Charlotte, yeah. Raleigh shows seem to just be on another level. So you're you're seeing yeah. you're seeing good stuff down in that part of the country as well. For sure, I think so. For sure, yeah. Rift was my introduction to fish too, so I have a special Same. place in my heart for that album. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, awesome. Huh. I had a friend. In yeah, some people say that Rift is the fishiest album. Uh, go ahead i love the album yeah i mean it's got a lot of um you know it's well it's heavy tom marshall content right and yeah uh, and then you know just the interconnectedness of the the art as well as which you mentioned brian and uh it it has a lot to it um i i got into them a little earlier and some of the other i'm more a lawn boy guy but i love rift too i don't know who wouldn't um absolutely uh outstanding record yeah, crazy good. Yeah, and it's one of those examples of like much like the Grateful Dead, where the art just works with the music and everything just works in tandem with each other. And uh, I think Rift just like really achieves that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It does a really good job as well of like you you mentioned Jonathan, like Tom Marshall's lyrics are all over it. It does a really good job of like showcasing not just what the band could do in '92 and '93, but kind of the some of the most interesting aspects to me of fish going forward, it feels just like such an immersive introduction to them where you get elements of mythology, you get uh, compositional pieces, you get some ballads, you get a lot of energy throughout it. You get really weird songs like mound and wedge that <laughs> would kind of show up sporadically throughout the later career. Um, but then you get just like horn to me is like one of the most standard, great, you could put that song on any FM rock radio and it just sounds like mid nineties rock, but like it's coming from fish and it's so well composed and the way that the key changes by the end, it's just such a fascinating song. So you get a lot in that album that if you like that walking away from, from that record, that's going to kind of give you an immersive experience to who the band is. Yeah. Horn is for sure. My favorite Trey solo still. It's perfect. Listening to it while Brian was talking. (laughs) <laughs> i heard that in uh i heard that in charlotte actually maybe 2019 i think they played that oh, yeah, in charlotte. A, yeah that was show, an yeah. awesome show yeah and yeah. I, they played horn and i just just like freaked out yeah that was such a, a good little, show. a little quick fun fact about that show if i may please yes. um, you know how everyone says a tray like looks at them at some point it's like a thing yeah <laughs> yeah that show was when trey finally looked at me during um during a uh, jibu I swear to God, wow. you know, like a 10 second, nice. 10 second tractor beam. Yeah, so I found experience that in Charlotte. You locked Very eyes cool. with, the, with the man. <laughs> locked eyes for a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's all well, yeah, and that, that Charlotte show was like, that's kind of like what I was saying earlier. Like 
when they come through the Southeast, they seem to yeah. just play with this renewed energy and, um, it's a vibe you know, for sure. it's mm-hmm. a definite vibe. There's like something's thrown down in like a more aggressive way where the band just like, they show up to those venues and they want to almost prove a point, you know, and that you think about yeah. those cities were the first cities as they were kind of making their way out of the Northeast, they were coming down mm-hmm. South and like targeting Atlanta. And where do you go before Atlanta? You go, you know, DC, uh, you go Raleigh, Charlotte, Atlanta, and like that whole work up to yeah. this like kind of Southern Oasis where if they could get that, okay, now they have the entire Eastern seaboard of, you know, fans that will be keep coming show after show. I don't know. There's just yeah. something about it that they almost, they always sounded like they had to prove a point, which I liked. Yeah. For sure. I, I'd just like to put out a plug for them to come back to actually DC again, please. Someday. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, Meriwether's not there, close huh? enough. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> when was their last DC show? I can't even think of it. Uh, ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Twelve fifteen. Yeah. Wow. It's a good show. Not that they played good. that many DC shows prior, but that was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> so you see them in the fall of ninety six, and you've seen them about thirty times over the last, uh, you know. 25 years what were some of your big highlights throughout the latter part of the 90s as you were starting to see fish a bit more i mean i mean i mean like cypress was you know just crazy i mean the fact that i got to see that was really insane special um that counts for like 10 shows by the way that counts i think it does it felt like 10 shows um (laughs) it's such it's such a blur but um it was really i mean if you were there you kind of you kind of get that you understand that it's kind of like an unspeakable kind of feeling um, at that show, especially when it ended and they played the George Harrison song, you know, you know, um, you know it's like here comes the sun over the loudspeaker and the sky. There's actually a lot of, of uh, you know, like, you know, like a lot of the Cypress photos in the book too, which is cool. Um, but just the, uh, that film was amazing. I have to say Walnut Creek 97 might be my favorite show I've seen. Mm, it's pretty good um, show. It's, it's not it's just like for that lightning show. strike that was like so scary <laughs> to happen. Um, and that's a fun show. So I, I have to say those two. Recently, I really enjoyed Randall's Island 14, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird show, but that Chalk Dust was like really, really incredible. Oh, man. It's like it yeah, it's such a good run. Yeah, really fun. So that was a cool venue, too. That was so fun. It was. It was interesting. It was like a yeah. venue that I'd never seen fish play like before, and it was really cool for sure. It was weird to get there, but once you were there, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I took a lot of cabs to get there. I went the middle night of yeah. that run the night before the Chalk Dust. And it was like you're in New York City dealing with yeah. Saturday, mid-July New York City traffic, tourists everywhere, and then you walk into this field on Randall's Island and you're suddenly in a fish festival with like yeah. New York as the backdrop. It was so bizarre, um, yeah. but it was like cool it was set up in such an idyllic way that when you were there, you felt mm-hmm. like every you were removed from everything. Yeah, totally. And that's basically how it feels at like any fish show, right? You're totally like, removed from everything. <laughs> Yeah. Which is why we love it, I guess. It's an instant island from uh, reality. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Mm -hmm. That Raleigh show is pretty wild. Um, What was that like? That had to be in your first handful of shows, I'm guessing. For sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, 97. uh, I think it was a shorter show because of the storm. Uh, But that lightning during taste was like, I mean, like you can hear it on the recording, but to be there in person was really like, you really literally felt like there's lightning striking the stage. Which, which it kind of almost was. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, if anyone hasn't heard that listening to this, I really encourage you to go. I think it's on YouTube, the actual video. 
Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that show too. Were you in the pit or did you get wet on the lawn? I was in the pit. Um, and my dad, and my dad drove us home in the pouring rain and we ate Waffle House afterwards, which is like our like usual kind of routine after the Southern If you can get in, that's like the best, right? I tried to get into the Waffle House out after the Charlotte show in 2019 and there was like an epic line. It was devastating. (laughs) Turned away from Waffle House. (laughs) You just, you just got to drive like to the next exit. Just just throw a rock and you're at the next Waffle House. It's like a cool nightclub that you can get into Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took my parents to that Walnut Creek show actually and oh, they nice. were on the lawn. Yeah, and oh, they no. just got soaked, but my dad had been to Woodstock so they could totally handle it, but they oh, were like yeah, they, they covered in tarps and I was like I'm going to get stubbed down with my friends in the pavilion. Sorry. I was just guys we fine. There's not like an no. epic oh, storm coming. Yeah. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> So it's just at a rock show. It'll be over in a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 97 show like the second set that I was listening to it earlier this fall, the transition from disease into mics, like, mm-hmm. you know, you see it on the set list that it's like a direct segue, but then you listen to it and it's like two minutes of Trey finds Mike song, but he's yeah. just, he's not going to go there yet. He's going to like slowly get the whole band on board. And then yeah. when they finally make the the transition over, it's just one of those amazing, you know, 1997 moments where the band is just completely locked in. And crazy to think that they were just in Europe too, or either before or right after, but you know, either way, it was so close in that. Right window. before. Yeah. Right, right before, before yeah. Yeah, so that wild. was the second show back, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, that 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 segue is incredible. It's so slow. It's it sounds mm-hmm. like you can hear them hear it and pick up. And once the crowd hears it, it's just it's it's an awesome moment. I agree. And so much of ninety seven is about those slow burns. They don't mm-hmm. yeah. it, when they when they do turn a corner quickly, it's almost shocking in that year. Yeah. <laughs> they find a yeah. groove and they're like, we're just gonna ride this out and almost like exhaust ourselves of the groove. But like that process is gonna be yeah. like you listen back to it and it's just it's such a contrast to the way that they were playing just two years earlier. Like there's a great Walnut Creek show from ninety five where they play like a 30 minute runaway gym. Um it's one of my, it's probably my favorite show from summer 95, but it's like, it's two completely different bands. I'm so yeah. mad. The next night when my friends showed up to Nissan and said, Oh man, they played this gym last night. Like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> we got the tweezer, but they got that big runaway gym. So what are you going to do? Runaway is still my favorite opener. I think it's a great opener. That's yeah. Great it just makes opener. me so happy. Hearing, yeah. They opened the second set in Charlotte with that in 2019. I remember. They did. Yeah. 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 Such a fun yeah. yeah, some of my favorite shows have had gym openers. It's just like it's like punching the eye in the sense that like two completely different sounding songs, but like mm-hmm. once you hear that, you're just it's like you talk about the idea of being like on an island at a fish show mm-hmm. and like removed from reality. You know, they could open up with anything and I'm instantly like the four guys are on stage playing music. I'm I'm back, yeah. you know. But like those are two songs buried alive. I know Jonathan is like scratching inclined to say like once they play those it's just you're in it's a fish show right. like yeah there's there's no other way to like you're just you're there and the vibe is good and also just like not to get too nostalgic but like no. before cell phones yada yada, yada. But, but, but before cell phones like when those lights would go pitch black i mean it was pitch black like right before they played and just that feeling of like the lights going off and like you know you saw just a few lighters or something like that. Just, just yeah, you're trying to scratch on a notebook and it's really <laughs> dark and like. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
guys with the flashlights in their mouth just like scratching the pillows. Yes. Fast. Ah, I love it. So did you see like, so you saw some really great stuff in the nineties. You saw big Cypress. Um, Uh Did you see anything in the 2.0 era or was there a period like between that and 3.0 where you kind of fell off? Like what was your journey like at that point? During 2.0, I was was in New York city and like my indie rock cool guy phase. So I was like not really listening to fish that much, but um, (laughs) I still went to Jones, but I still went to Jones beach. Oh nine, I believe it is. Oh eight or oh nine. Oh, cool. Um, there was a graining. Yeah, that was a fun. Yeah. That was a fun show. Um, but yeah, two point is kind of blurry to me. Um, and I got, I re got back into fish, uh, like during the end point of two point Got it. Cool. That's awesome. Um, and have you seen? You saw Randall's. Obviously, you saw Charlotte this year. Anything else that you, was notable throughout the three point era? Uh, Gorge. I was. I, I, I saw it for the first time, which I guess you could call four four point oh. Um, actually. <laughs> But uh, three point. I think we are officially. We're efficient four point But uh, yeah, no, I didn't see that many. Um, rack in my brain, but yeah, just yeah, I didn't see that many. How was the gorge? It was fantastic. I'd never been there before. Um, I've never been. You know, you obviously have to go there to experience it. It's just mind blowing. It's unspeakable. Uh, and the shows are great too. Um, I think it's one of the best places to see fish there is in, in America for sure. Cool. Yeah, it's it's always interesting when they end up playing, you know, the gorge and you watch on the webcast because, you know, the pre-show camera hanging on the stage, like, you know, you're in a completely different venue. We're not in the overhang with just like people milling around in the amphitheater. Like right. the sun is setting behind you and it's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah. when you're there, we were talking about before we went live, like you walk up over that hill, you know, the, the yeah. entryway kind of just hides the you know, magic of yeah. the venue up until the yeah. last moment you come over and you crest at the top of the lawn and mm-hmm. it's just the Columbia river behind, like all in front of you. And there's like tiny little stage right down at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. Unreal. yeah. And it's so great to go from the pit to the back of the pit. Cause you're kind of seeing what it looks like from far away. It's just this kind of like spaceship yeah. in the middle of this like gorge and, 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 but also the pit's also fun too, but it is concrete, which is kind of annoying, but other than that's great. Yeah. It's a good spot. Plus camping. And the camping's nice and it's essentially a festival with no rules for four or five days. It's unreal. I will say no rules. I will say that security was very hardcore at this last gorge. Oh, were they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Get out in the middle of nowhere though. <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, we're going to talk here in a minute about um, this incredible book film 1.0 um, before we jump to a quick break. Can you tell us just like briefly what was kind of the initial moment where you realized like you had to compile all these pictures of people from this early era of fish into a book? Like what was the initial kind of idea and conception for this? Well, when I started the Instagram, um, April of 2020, basically like, like when the pandemic was announced as a pandemic is when I started this thing. Um, I kind of in the back of my head wanted it to be a book eventually. That was kind of my dream. And then uh, Greg from Section 119 approached me two months into the account and, and came up with the idea of having a book. And I was so psyched that someone else kind of got it. So from there on, it was just created. Um, then, yeah. Love it. Another That's COVID uh, yeah. COVID creative project. It's like the the good yeah. aspects of the last two years is like people came up with ideas like this and just like went forward with them. Yeah. 
I thought your Instagram page had been around a lot longer. I, I love everything yeah. on your page. And I yeah. guess I feel like I've been looking at it for longer. Than, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I the first post is like April 2020. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's wow. like 10 years ago at this point, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it feels like, yeah. It absolutely feels like 10 years ago for sure. It really does. What was the creation of the Instagram account? Like you needed something to do during COVID or like, what, what was it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I can't, I can't, um, I'm not sure how I came up with the exact idea, but I'd always wanted to do that for a while. And, um, I was just like, I'm just going to try this. I posted on Reddit. I posted on some forums. The response was actually great. A lot of people sent in photos pretty early on. Um, and then within that, the people started to kind of respond to it. Um, Very cool. and you know, I think it's a cool, niche thing that people want to see these old photos uh mostly most of the photos are not are unseen which is cool too mm-hmm. um so did it's, you it's, so, it's, so it's like fun for me too it's really fun for me to see these photos every day that I've when you kicked it off were you working out of your photos like from you and your friends or were you strictly working yes. with stuff you sourced like, from elsewhere sadly enough i didn't bring a camera to any shows i didn't yeah, same. yeah um, i didn't either that was like not what we did mind. in the 90s a lot of yeah time. i mean no, I, I didn't our, our friends, like, I think like eight of us went to Big Soccer. And I think one friend had a camera. So there's some photos of that that we took. But other than that, I have no documentation of my, of, of, of my experiences at all. Yeah, I have like two pictures uh, from Big yeah, Cypress yeah. and they're both of my daughter. And that's it. There's just like <laughs> cool. and maybe a few pictures from Disney World and we went to beforehand, you know, right. and uh, <laughs> like nothing from the shows. Well, it was different because we really had nowhere to share it. There's no, you know, social media. Mm-hmm. So if we were taking a camera and it was either for a photo album or like just for our own pleasure. So it's rare that people would. And plus, I think you couldn't sneak those things in very well. I think it was like kind of the big deal. If you brought yeah, it had to be a little weird yeah. pocket camera. To one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you had to carry so, it around. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't have a single so, photo of me in a show in the 90s. Like, that's wow. great. Only so, in when we went when I went to Europe, I took camera there and I took photos there. You went to Europe? Yeah. Yeah, in 96. Oh, wow. But I didn't, but I didn't cool. do any, any in the States. I think I have some, like, lot photos that I've, like, ripped up because I was mad at my ex-boyfriend right. or something. But I don't have any photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the so, same way. I, I went to a bunch of shows, dead shows even, in the 90s. And there's, yeah. there's I think... I found one set of pictures last year of me and my people I met in Oakland in 95. And that's, that's about it. There's almost right. no hmm. pictures of me. It shows. So well, massive shout out to all the photographers. Cause that's, uh, that's the reason the book exists. And, uh, I just want to huge for taking the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Like a community yeah, photo album here. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why people are going to be so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Cause we me don't too. have a lot of photos of that. Yeah. No, no. And it's almost like seeing pictures from that era. Like I'm going through this right now with, I went to college in the early two thousands and like camera phones were just becoming a thing when I was like midway through college, but like iPhones didn't come out until right after I graduated. And I have a friend who just sent all of our college friends like a Google file folder. And it's got like 350 pictures that he took throughout our time in college and it was the yeah. same type of thing. Like it just didn't occur to me to bring a camera anywhere because you oh, have yeah, to like yeah. actually hold it. You weren't putting it in your back pocket. You weren't like, it wasn't your phone, which has like everything on it. So it was just like another yeah. thing you'd bring with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at all these pictures that are like, it's me and it's my friends, but it's all right. memories I've forgotten. And like, yeah, don't have, you know, somewhere online that I've looked at over the last couple of years. It's, it's a really, I don't know. We're going to get into it here in a sec, but it's a really yeah, yeah. amazing service. I think that you're offering. Um, 
before we dive super deep into film and, and for everyone out there who's listening, we're going to actually going to share some of these pictures that we're talking about because talking about pictures without actually seeing pictures, it's kind of like talking about music without listening to music, which is great on a music related podcast. Um, but before we jump into uh, our discussion here and our larger kind of showcase of film 1.0, we want to take a quick break and highlight our presenting sponsors. Once again, um, shift, we want to tell you once again, here is uh, Shift Genuine Cannabis is a presenting sponsor of HF Pod on Tour. They are based and sold in Colorado. Shift sells flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. Please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Megan, who else are we sponsored by? The amazing Section 119, which we just found out about connected with Brian to get this book published, which is so cool that they're doing things like that and bringing things like this to our community. And right now they're running their biggest promo ever and you can score up to 30% off for the holidays. You can also pre-order Brian's film 1.0 book like I did a few weeks ago and it will be here, I think within the month, right? In January sometime. So uh, visit section119.com to check them out and that's section119.com. Uh, we'd also like to tell you about our friends at, at Sunset Lake CBD. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products straight from the farm to your door. Uh, for years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. And in 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. They have products for everyone. They have pre-rolls, hemp cigars, hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummy, CBD coffee, crafted to help with stress, aches, and pains. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. So visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code HFPOD for 20% off your purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com, promo code HFPOD. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. And they work. It's good stuff. So we're going to get into this here. Um, before we jump into showcasing some of these pictures, Brian, can you walk us through, so you start the account in April 2020, you start reaching out on Reddit, on other forums, I'm guessing Twitter, Instagram, just to get kind of the word out that you're putting together this project. Um, as people are sending in pictures, like what are your asks, what are your requirements, like what's your process to determine that a picture is going to go in the book? Uh, well, so I'll start at the Instagram. Um, people would send in photos on the Instagram and they just had to be 1.0 and they had to be filmed. That was my only requirement. 
Um, and then once the book idea came, I had to go back and look at all these posts and kind of curate and pick ones, which ones I wanted. Um, had to be 1.0, same rules as usual. So then I would reach out to those people again. And um, I would say, hey, do you want to have your photos in this book? Uh, do you trust me enough to send me like a physical photo? Which people amazingly did. I don't know if I would have done that. Um, or people scan them themselves. But for the most part, you need to have these things like scanned professionally so people can just like scan them on their scanner at home. So they sent me on all these photos and uh, I just um, scanned them all at a local shop in Durham and uh, sent them back to the people. And uh, that was it. It was done. After that, of course, there's more work after that. But uh, that was kind of the hardest part. A lot of back and forth, I'm guessing, with people. Yeah, but surprisingly smooth. I mean, like, you know, just sent me the photo, scanned it, sent it back. So the whole process took, you know, a few months and people were patient and uh, everyone got their photos back and worked out. Must have been so fun to get this in the mail every day. I want to get 1.0 photos in the mail every day. <laughs> it was this is so, so awesome. <laughs> I would just like sit around, just like look at all of them. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, it was a really fortunate thing. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a pleasure. Start a subs- subscription service, sending out photos. Yes. One, one That'd be a week. cool. Yeah. Yeah, one, That's only one a week. project. You <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. And of course, um, the, and of course, and of course, my other rule would be that it can't be like photos of fish because fish has given this fish's company fish's camp has has blessed this project, but I obviously can't use like close-up photos of like fish and like you know mm-hmm. the logo of fish, which is totally cool. So the other rule is that it just kind of has to be the vibe, the scene, people, things like that. So um, just just a warning: if you're looking for a book that's full of close-up shots of Trey on stage, this is not the book, but it does have a lot of amazing photos. Some of you've seen on my account, and some most you have not seen on my account. So. Cool. I think that's a fair warning to folks, but you know we all know what they look like, and there are yeah, plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of pictures of fish out there. Uh, this is this is cool. This is like you dragged 1.0 out of the memory hole, and you're right. putting it, you know, it's in definitely a like hands. a virtual virtual reality experience on pages. So it definitely you can smell the book. <laughs> it's like anthropology, you know. This is like a study of a time, yeah. a moment, you know, um, yeah. a moment, a movement, a group of people. I think that's super cool. Yeah. You know, to have that kind of a place where that's kept is just it's pretty magical. Yeah, and that's more so what I've become fascinated with the past few months is more like the anthropology of the dead and fish, and just mm-hmm. like the scenes and things they created, and you know, can like-minded people gather and be cool and chill and not violent and everyone's happy and that's kind of a cool thing for me to study so uh you know that's what this book kind of focuses on it's just that kind of like positive vibe and atmosphere did putting this together like give you any new insights or revelations about the fish community as like how it's evolved or what it was 20 30 years ago like what 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 do you walk away with um i think i realized that it was even more of a community than i understood um because during 1.0 i was like in my early teens, I really couldn't like go to Europe or like go to some festival or like tour with them. So for me, it was kind of an insular, like my parents would take me, we'd go to the show, we'd come back, you know, I wouldn't like hang down and hang out on the lot or like, you know, do drugs or something with my parents. So, um, you know, realizing that this was a very communal thing and people like knew each other, people would DM me still and see a photo of like a random person like, Oh, Hey, that's Steve. I knew Steve from 95 or and, like they'll connect with each other through the photo. And like, just that kind of stuff pushed me out. Um, so that's kind of what I realized was much more of a communal thing than I even realized. Um, and, uh, yeah. It was one thing that we, when we were putting together season two of Undermine, like the idea that 
this community came together around a band and around their music, but like has so many layers to it that all occur while we're on tour and all are a part of like relationships that are organically formed. People run into each other. I'm sure we've all had it happen. where like, you meet someone, have a really cool conversation at a show, you know, two weeks later, two years later, in some cases you're walking, you're like, is that, and then, you know, you all like reconnect and it's around the same thing that like splinters off of this larger web associated with the band. Well, and then there's the the overlaps that occur. So you meet that guy, and then you're talking to somebody else that you've known for 20 years, and then, and you say, "Oh yeah, I met this dude." And he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I went to school with him." And you know, they, yeah, you know, very yeah. quickly you find that yes, there's 20,000 of us here today, but you know, and you know, 15, but you actually know, I don't know, 15 is a random number. You know, you actually through <laughs> degrees of separation, you know, a good percentage of them. Uh, not to mention, there's always that guy that you uh, you see at every show. <laughs> I've never met him, but I see that guy at every you know. Yeah. It's and, always yeah, and, and, that right. That guy with yeah, a beard and, I, and a fish T-shirt. That guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been to like lots of lots of non-fish shows. I mean, I've been to tons of concerts in my life, and fish shows are really the only shows where I can think of where you can just go up to a stranger and just like talk to them, and you become friends. Yeah. Like an hour later or something. So that kind of like vibe just builds a community and you know even today with you know social media and stuff it's still the same vibe so even a gorge of people i sat around i just met and hung out with them and i had never met them before so just that kind of thing is very cool yeah that openness it's amazing it's like it's how we all got into fish i mean i yeah i got into fish during the first hiatus and you know the online community that had this system already set up to provide you with tapes and have you then trade those tapes. There was like an active role that you had to play with other people in terms of, I'm going to introduce you to this. Now you're going to introduce someone else to this. And that's all going to be a part of these like larger trades, like, you know, from a digital standpoint, but also these physical interactions of like, like you're presenting in the book, which, which we should get to of like being on the lot, being in the show, being on tour, all that sort of stuff. Like, I don't know. There's, there's something about it that, it's still really special, you know, and there's still something about it that you can't really capture in a lot of other places. You you speak to it just in terms of like the difference of going to a fish show versus going to another concert. But when you think about it in the nineties, when it's very underground, albeit they're playing at, you know, future Verizon wireless amphitheaters, MSG, you know, all these like big spots around the country. Underground. Um, underground but like you know nobody's really paying attention to them and you have to uh as as a fan and as a part of this community you have to play an active role in getting to know other people because again you don't have we didn't know that we were going to have these computers in our pockets that would just allow us to connect with people yeah and i will say that i think fish is the first band of like the internet i mean i guess you could say that like that, 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 that like the dead are sort of but Fish really grew up with the internet. I think it was a very like, you know, synchronicity kind of like flow throughout the whole thing. Um, I was on AOL Fishbowl very early. You know, Grateful Dead tape lists were the some of the first things yeah. sent through the internet. So yeah. um, they they beat Fish, but I think Fish is the one that really like the community really grew. Yeah. On and was you know fostered on the internet, whereas yeah. obviously the Grateful Dead community. Pre, predated a little bit. Yeah. 
Should we jump into the book? Please. Let's, Let's showcase it. some pictures. All right. So for everyone out there hanging out, we're going to showcase to you some choice pictures from film 1.0. I'm going to share the screen here. Brian, you got the reins if you want to walk us through and oh, tell man. us a little bit about what we're looking at. Sure. So um, this is the cheesy slide I made to introduce it because I wasn't sure how to make it. Sorry, <laughs> <slide. laughs> the yellow just gives away. This is what it is. Yeah, totally. Um, so this is like, this is Big Cypress. This is taken by a guy named Brian Blatt. Um, he's awesome. He submitted quite a few photos for the book. And to me, this is just kind of like, is what a fish show feels like. <laughs> just like yeah. this crazy, certainly, I mean. It's certainly that, what that, the morning after Big Cypress felt like. Yeah. <laughs> and that sky just is like so incredible and stuff. So, um, and just for example, like the things you see that are a vertical picture, that's like a whole book. Like that's one page and two pages. So. Oh, There's wow. a lot of like cool stuff going on in the books too. So Brian Black, shout out. Um, I like the show. Brian, hey, you never know. <laughs> also a Brian Black classic. Um, I'm 99% sure this is a great win. I'm sure someone will correct me in five seconds if I'm wrong. Uh, but this one really, really spoke to me too. And just like, this is one of those ones where I just look at the people individually and just kind of trip out on them. Like just what they're wearing and, you know, who they come with. I just want to read everything on the car. I want to yeah, read right? everything and, on the car. Yeah. You could spend an hour looking at that photo. Um, this one is Mike Cavanaugh. I wanted to show this because I did this thing where I asked people to submit just kind of random quotes or memories. So it's a whole like fishbowl of like uh, quotes I have. So this is one of them from a random person. And I just thought I kind of fit the picture. Um, that is Big Cypress 2. I, I think so. Do, do we have context for the quote? I don't think you need it. I think it it's all right there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I kind of get that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I feel it. Yeah. Uh, this is by a woman named Lois Weiss, who's uh she actually works for New York Post now. Um, but she sent me like tons of Clipper Ball, Ball photos, which uh you can actually see a lot of them on my highlights from Clipper Ball on Instagram. But uh, this is just kind of a cool panoramic shot and just kind of like looks really surreal to me. That umbrella is really beautiful. And I just, uh, it kind of shows what Clipper Ball is all about, in my opinion. I never got to go to Clipper Ball, but it's one of my favorite fish moments for sure. I like this kind of like backstage view almost, how they're kind of like, yeah, yeah. they're not really in the thing. You're kind of behind it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. But totally. And she, and she, for some reason, had access to um, lots of inner working. So there's lots, lots of cool like shots of like the tower and uh, just like, pre-show planning and backstage stuff like that. Um, this is by John Kirby. Uh, I'm not sure what show this is at. I have it written down somewhere, but this is a guy in stilts. Um, and I just really thought it was a really beautiful, trippy, kind of cool photo. And the sunset is by Matt Smith, just FYI. So this is uh, two pages from the book together, just to give you kind of some of the vibe. I kind of like how, you know, and like going back to the ball square picture as well as this one, like there's you you can see like the DIY nature of the scene mm -hmm. and of what like the band was trying to put forward and like yeah. technology has nothing to do with what will be a part of like the immersive experience of being at a fish show. Like the guy on stilts almost looks like something out of, you know, 19th century circus entertainment in some cases right. to me. you know just yeah. like it's absurdist it's it's just something that you randomly see at a fish show you can't really explain but he it has just, a beard too right he has does a, he beard? Have a beard oh, a, beard. a beard. beard yeah i think he does have a beard yeah he has, like sure. a beard in his hand yeah he's taking a <laughs> stroll on stilts but, but yeah like 100 percent. i mean like just 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 the fact that they would take time out to make these like little weird special statues and these like 
very homemade things, which just made these festivals so cool and special and strange. And, you know, the bands are really doing that at the time. Um, this is by Jason Graff. This is Big Cypress. Um, this is some rocks with a sticker, but I just really like how it looks a lot. And it's like a cool gathering that they're having. As a, as I'm sure if you were Cypress, you know that there's lots of cool, weird gatherings. A lot of little spots to hang out and uh, ponder why they built this here kind of things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, There's one. This is by uh, Jim Lightbody. This is Cypress. Um, this is another example of how beautiful that sky was. And it's just a really magnificent photo to look up close. Um, just kind of like sprawling. This is a moment that I saw actually live. I don't know if you guys were at the show at the garden when they premiered at Seven Below. Uh, oh wow! No, oh, no, wow. I wasn't there. Oh, so it was a really cool moment. Yeah, so they had people come out on stilts and like dance when they played some below. It is really, really one of the weirdest things I've ever seen at this show. Um, and that's the guy dancing on stilts, if you can see it. But uh, this page is like mirrored. It's kind of a cool effect. But yeah, yeah, definitely check out that show if you can find it um, on YouTube. The video. That's a very cool. Uh, photo. This is a woman named Kristen Willis who is cool enough to make a whole photo album of Europe. Um, we had to edit out a lot of it because all of it was close-up pictures of fish and stuff, but you can really get, still get the vibe. Um, and we kept it the exact same way. Like, you can still see, like, the notebook holes and stuff like that. But uh, she oh, had, man. like, I don't know, 10 pages of a, photo, of a whole photo album that she kept, um, which is really, really cool. And she sent that to me. That's awesome. I love the scrapbook nature of it. That's super cool that you yeah, kept it like that. So that's, cool, right? Yeah, that's so great. Really, really, lucky with really all the fun. Stuff I got. It's interesting um, that, like, night, that Europe vibe, we, we, talked about it in uh one of the last episodes of season two like the sense you can almost see it on these pictures of like it's a small group of dedicated fans that are going from show to show to show and like they're you know everyone who's there megan you said you were there in 96 like did you have a sense that like you knew the group that was along on fish tour during that time Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there was more than 50 of us that did every headlining gig. You know, there was definitely a lot more people that would come to certain shows, but you recognized everybody and kind of knew everyone. And, you know, there was like G crew people there cleaning up every time. And it was it was definitely really tight knit. And it was super family, as we used to say back then. It's so crazy to me. And like, and like, and also just how fish like hung out with the fans during Europe just blows my mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's just so like accessible and uh they were clearly just having fun and obviously not doing it for the money. Um just it's a cool yeah. and it's kind of vacation like for small. them too, right? Yeah. Yeah, just totally, yeah. Played like small know. places, played chess with us, like hung yeah. out in the swings, like just yeah, they played That's music so cool. with us. It was awesome. Yeah. Kind of towns yeah, where like, like uh, if they go to dinner, like there's one restaurant, so everybody's at the same yeah. restaurant right. together. Right. Yeah, fish in Europe is my favorite fish thing ever. I just think it's so weird and cool, and I think they played like amazingly well during those runs. Definitely um, in '97. By Bronze McLean of this place we all know called the Mothership. <laughs> These are two different pictures, and we um, kind of made them oh. around. I designed this with cool a really field. cool designer named named Yifang Lee. She's amazing. She um she's done books like Gunnar Stahl and Mark Jacobs and stuff. She was kind of like my co-designer person, so she helped me execute a lot of weird things I didn't think I could execute. But this is a whole full thing, two pages, so it kind of gives you the impression. Five of that. Love, love that uh, flying down I-64 shot. Um, oh, yeah, so nice. <laughs> so fun. 
Um, and then this is a kind of cool example of there's also kind of, some kind of RT pages in this too that are kind of dope as well. Um, I'm not sure the exact show. I think this is Big Cypress, but um, he's song and I just kind of combined some stuff to kind of like a kind of like donut circle with some stuff in the middle. That's a highway for Big Cypress, and that's the show for Big Cypress. Oh, man. So there's some of that the, cool like, meditative pieces to look at as well. The squiggly lines behind you of the lights is like a dead giveaway of a disposable camera in the 90s trying to take pictures <laughs> yeah. at a concert. Yeah, right. On right. Like, totally. You know, like iPhones have like come so far in the sense that like someone random can take a picture at a fish show and you're like, oh, wow, that's what a fish show looks like. But like right. looking back at pictures like this when like friends or, you know, whatever, like would take pictures at a fish show is kind of like, well, that's not really what the lights look like. But like, I get what you're, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it that's so charming. Right, right. I love it. But like, it also is more like what the lights look like. To me, it's like, to oh, me, I'd, yeah. much look at, I'd, I'd much rather look at film photos than an iPhone, like a hundred X. Cause it's like, to me, film makes you feel like you're more there. There's something about it that you can't replicate. Still, and I'm like a photographer as well. So it's like, you can't replicate a film effect on digital. You can try, there are ways to do it, but you just can't get that. And for me, like VHS and film make me feel like I'm more there than I am looking at like a, a 4K video or like a digital photo. A lot of people have a built in, which is great. Yeah. 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 I think like yeah. what you were saying about like being able to smell the book, right? Like there's a yeah. texture to film, right? That, that mm-hmm. digital photos just don't have. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll be able to copy it in like 10 years, but for now you can't copy it. So, <laughs> uh, This is another one of those kind of examples I want to show you all. Uh, this is off the Cypress. Yeah, you got uh, Oh, wait, go back to that. Uh, I want to look at yeah. You got one layer, looks like. Faces yeah, that's the fireworks from Cypress, and then we have the crowd, and then the kind of yeah. outer show. So, yeah, so cool. Um, this is by Jared. Stoud or Jared Stroud. Sorry, I don't have that name. I think it's Stout. Uh, these are, this is Cypress. And I seriously, I can make a whole new book of just Cypress photos because I got so many and it's just such an immersive experience. That um, Sweet. Fish, if you're listening, I'd love to make a big Cypress book with you officially. But, um, anyway, um, these, are, <laughs> yeah. these are also two quotes from people um, that I thought were worked well with these two photos. This is the cat on a long stick. I'm not sure what the story is behind that. Um, I'm sure some people saw this and can clearly explain it to me. And um, I don't know if you guys like like recall those woods that they had yep. uh, in Cyprus, where people were just kind of wandering around, man, kind of aimlessly. It was a really good vibe. Yeah, I see these, saw these pictures, and I just I kind of want to like study them close and say I I could just I could easily yeah. be in those pictures. I don't think I am, <laughs> no, but I mean sure, I could, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, and I'm sure some people what? will see themselves in the photos. I know yeah. that is so cool. Brian, aren't these just photos making you just die of jealousy that we were not at Big Cypress? Yes. <laughs> it's killing me. It's killing was, me. Was was this set up like the forest? Like, so is this near the campgrounds? Is this near like where where is this put me in? It's man, it's 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 it's, it's like kind of blurry to me. But um, I think that the forest, as it should be, it's like connective yeah. tissue, right? <laughs> like the, it kind of led from one zone to another. Like maybe yeah, and I, I can't think remember this, exactly. Wow. This was also near like an ice sculpture thing that was like uh, like one story of just like cube ice that you could walk on and eventually just melted. So it's just, and, 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 like it's just like another example of Fish's cool art that they did. Um, just they just had such good taste in artists, and I mean like they still do. They did such strange things. Um, <laughs> this is Dustin Bozarth. This is a a story I actually have somewhere in the book with this woman. Her ankle was broken. I think her friends had to carry her around for the whole show. <laughs> So this is them, on a, and on a, um, I'm sure people know about the Thursday Cypress story if you weren't, but the highway was 
backed up for like a day, I think even longer than a day. So people were just parked. We were just parked, uh, just stopped. So people were just like partying. The highway yep. would be wild. We spent a lot of time on that highway. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of expected when you go to a festival, like you will sit in an extended amount of traffic and that's like step one before you get into the, like that's when everything begins. Yeah. Like I have very, very fond memories of an overnight traffic jam in the backwoods of Vermont leading into sure. Coventry. Probably my favorite part of the entire festival um, for a variety of reasons. But like <laughs> everything I've heard is the traffic jam going into Cyprus was like otherworldly. Like, did you guys yeah. have, did people know, okay, you should probably leave on the 27th or the 26th rather than the 29th? Like, was there any prep or was it like you just showed up and it was a shocker? I think you just showed, I think, I think, I think, I, I, I think that everyone was shocked because it's just, it was just a, a wild traffic jam. I never seen anything like it in my life. Um, so I think people were pretty shocked, but I think everyone's so excited and just so full of anticipation that we didn't really care. Sure. Um, and you're just you're in a traffic jam with a bunch of cool people, and you're in the middle of like the you know you know of like 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 Cyprus and everywhere. You could be in worse places in a traffic jam. <laughs> it was unless you're about place. to go and see an all night show. It was like an artificially yeah. created traffic jam, mm-hmm. right? So it was in the uh, the big Cyprus pod that uh, uh, mm-hmm. Osiris did. You know, they bottlenecked right at the exit, and so mm-hmm. you know we planned for traffic. My my wife and I and we arrived from the uh from the west and got in we were in line at like middle in like noon and we were in the car until like 1 a.m when yeah. we finally wow. got into a spot to camp yeah. um so noon in the car <laughs> oh my gosh jonathan that's yeah. a three-year-old girl so she was not as excited about peeing on the side of the road as like a three-year-old <laughs> boy would have been yeah uh and when we got to security and they wanted to look at my car, I looked out the window at the guy and I said, if you wake her up, you keep her until she's asleep. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Do not mess with this. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. So, yeah. I remember there's like a severe, there's like a, there's like a severe weed shortage at Big Cypress, which is kind of funny that no yeah. plan for that. But I just remember that like, you couldn't find weed anywhere. So Interesting. Um, we needed shift um, cannabis then. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't. I can't have shit cannabis in my state, which is unfortunate. Someday, someday. That's what I've been saying for a while. Um, <laughs> and then this, this is an example of the book. Uh, just a few pages. You know, this is a. Uh, you can't really see it that well, but that's big cypress. That's like their um, their thing that they came out of. It's a hot dog and some more fireworks and stuff like that. And this is the cover shot by Michael Kalor, who works with Wired now. But uh, that is Sugarbush '95 and uh. I kind of awesome. instantly knew that that would be the cover when I saw it. And um, that's it. And then behind me, I have the book. And you can kind of see it's like a case. So it kind oh, of slipcover. Oh, wow. Oh, Very cool. nice. That is yeah, beautiful, so. man. It's sweet. It looks good. It's, a, it's like 270 pages. So it's a, it's a, it's a big book. <laughs> that Sugarbush cover, like, I always think of that 95 run as kind of being. Like I've read that that was in in some cases the band's first. Okay, can we do a festival? Like you know, obviously mm-hmm. they played Sugarbush the year before, but like a multi night run at Sugarbush. Can we kind of bring in our own infrastructure and you know turn this into something bigger? It, it feels yeah. almost like there, there's a lot of these throughout 
93 to 95, but it feels like one of those we've reached an apex. We're about to crest and like something bigger is coming as we continue to climb up this mountain, but like we're leaving behind some aspect of who we were. And it feels like the scene is still really small. That picture just like, and this was my thought going into Coventry, you know, before Coventry became Coventry when it was like beautiful (laughs) walking into the venue was like, this looks like how I hear fish, you know, like it it looks like what game henge sounds when like they describe (laughs) exactly, you know, the rolling green hills. And I'm still like a weirdo who like would rather listen to like a, crowd recorded shows of other you know, um, you know, you know doesn't make you a weirdo nothing weird uh, about that soundboard. no i just no, uh, I... i'd rather listen to it on t- i'd rather listen to it on, like a tape than a like direct soundboard for some reason but uh because that's just how i like i i think of fish or hearing down those like maxo xl 290s <laughs> you, i you flip I mean, or I... auto reverse that no we don't have to do <laughs> <laughs> i still i i snapped the the tape of uh, my very first fish tape. And it's, it was like one of the saddest moments of my life. This was Aww. a couple of years ago, but I'd played it so many times and it just like snapped. And, uh, Which show was it? Uh, 11, 17, 94 set one. I was given it on tape in the summer of 2001. And like that feeling of like putting it into the tape player, the like kind of weird kind of sonic vibe as like the, the show starts up. And just the yeah. way it sounds on tape, like when you can still hear the tape player, it just like that sounds like fish to me. I feel like I was part of that last yeah. generation to get that. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. fully there for sure. it, but like that vibe is is it. So looking at this picture, like feels like it because none of those cars that you see there have CD players. Like this is 1995. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like a handful yeah. of them do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one car phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's someone's mom's car, you know. That's totally yeah, right. sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay for the minutes before I you take the Volvo. Yeah. <laughs> mom, totally fine. Brian, this book is amazing. Thank you Thanks so much for, for for sharing it. Yeah, it's awesome. I, and 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 I really want to thank the photographers over everybody, and uh, I want to thank One Nineteen for putting it out. Um, it's really special. So thanks. Likewise, um, tell okay. us. Tell us how we can buy this. Where do we need to go? What do we need to do? When can we expect this? Give us all the breakdown so that everyone. So you can go to my Instagram. My Instagram is fish on film fish, obviously pH on PHILM. Um, and my link tree, there's a link for one IP and you go buy the book. Um, I can't think of the exact web link off the top of my head, but if you just go to one nineteen the site or, or, or one of my Instagram is there's plenty of links to get all this stuff. Um, it should come out in early February. Supply chain issues are insane. They're very real. Um, so that's what we're looking at is very early February, but it's available for pre-order. Um, and I think that's all the information that you might need for that. Yeah, that's uh, section119.com. We're familiar with that URL, right? Yep. Everybody can find it there. Um, I saw it not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Brian, uh, Brian Harding for everyone out there listening, viewing, uh, listening to the podcast as it comes out here a bit afterwards. And for everyone who's listening, um, I know that you just heard us spend 20 minutes talking about pictures, but, um, I hope that, uh, I hope hope that it was as thrilling for you as it was for us. Cause I promise you these pictures are amazing. Um, Brian, your Instagram handle, once again, it's, uh, it's fish on film or is it just, if I type in film. If, if 
I mean, like, if, if, if like you type in film, it should come up, but just type in fish on the film, and that's exact, that's the real address. And um, also, just really quickly, I'll be at Stan Art Convention um, on the 30th, uh, right near MSG, so if you want to come say hi. Oh, cool. Yes. Cool. Everyone, please go and say hi to Brian and thank him for this work. This is a uh, an amazing service. As as people here who love the history of and talking about the history of fish as well as the larger fish community, I think that your book provides an amazing service to to us as well as fans out there. It's a really really special. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me on. This is really fun. Yeah, thank you. This thank has been you. great. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Cool. This was awesome, and um, we will be back. For everyone out there listening, on Thursday, December 16th, which is the 22nd anniversary of the last fish show in Washington, D.C. You see how I just turned that around to it's our study? Wow. That's just podcasting. It's just podcasting. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, we'll be talking about December 31st through fish history, which our private chat has been filled with pictures and jams and sets and amazing moments. And we're going to be going into that. Plus we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into uh, uh, new year's day, just a little bit of a deep dive into fish shows on new year's day, because those are new and special things. Um, before we do that though, we want to thank once again, our presenting sponsors shift genuine cannabis. Once again, they are, presenting sponsor here for HF pod on tour. Uh, They're based and sold in Colorado where I am from, where I am happy. It is sunny. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous outside. It's amazing. <laughs> it's December 14th and this probably shouldn't be happening, but we've gotten snow once. I don't even think we got an inch of snow. It's been crazy this year, uh, but shift amazing, amazing cannabis company uh, sells flower pre-rolls, cartridges and concentrates. Please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Who else will be presented by Megan? We also want to remind you that we are sponsored by Section 119. And right now they're running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays. You can order Brian's amazing Fish on Film book 1.0 from Section 119. So visit them to check it out at section119.com. Awesome. Brian, thank you once again so much from the bottom of our hearts. This was amazing to to thank hear about the project, talk with you through it, and uh, talk some fish. It's kind of what we like to do on Tuesdays. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone out there for hanging. We will see you all back here on Thursday. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.